Hey guys, this is Eris. I'm cutting into the beginning of the episode to let you guys know that um, this is a little warning to our indigenous listeners. This episode is about little people and little people are referenced by their English and their Cherokee names in this podcast. Uh, Please take care when listening after dark. And if you need to skip this episode, we are totally fine with that. Uh, We we get it uh, and we understand. And that's why, in fact, that we're putting this warning ahead of listening. So that way you guys know. Onward and forward to the episode. As the myth turns, because mythology is the greatest soap opera of all time, with your cultural interns, Eris and Z, interns because we're not professionals, and we're not getting paid. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of As the Myth Turns. I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And today we are talking about little people slash the fae. Yeah. 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 All right. The end. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. I I do kind of want to um, start off by saying, like, when we mean little people, we're not trying to, I guess, discount the fact that there are people that have uh, dwarfism that oh, like to be yeah. called little people. This isn't anything to, like, compare them or to insinuate that they're, you know, mythological creatures or anything. They're very real people. And you right. treat them just the same way that you would treat any other normal person. Yeah, we're, like, little people in, in this particular context, we mean the somewhat supernatural, like, normally nature-based mm-hmm. spirits that yeah. a lot of cultures, either through translation because they don't speak English language, which is most of them, 99% of other cultures don't speak English. So, so, so but it, like, roughly translates to little people and so that's the term we're using because it's a translation of the words they use yeah. um we don't we don't mean people with dwarfism or any other uh yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> like we're a mythology podcast we're gonna be talking about supernatural creatures yeah exactly <laughs> like, you know yeah. maybe someday we'll do like a, a medical mythology that that would be that would be a really cool episode yeah and actually yeah. like so i have in in the midst of trying to find just mythology from across the world mm-hmm. uh, on this subject i did find that in 2003 in indonesia they found they being a uh, like a joint team of australian and indonesian scientists and archaeologists were studying to find when and how and just kind of, you know, just the general things they could about when humans migrated from uh, from Asia to Australia. And they were okay. just, you know, just trying to get some data on it and stuff. Right. Um, paleontology. Yeah. yeah. But okay. in, in the midst of it, they discovered a cave with the, like, entire remains of a person who was three foot, seven inches tall. Um, when they got into, you know, checking her out and dating it and, and figuring out, you know, the gender and stuff turned out to be about a 30 year old female. Okay. Despite, despite the height. Yeah. Um, and then they found remains from nine other individuals, not like nine other little kind of, oh, like there's an arm and there's a leg, but like from nine other individuals. Uh So this wasn't just like, oh, like this person must have had dwarfism or like this was a weird mutation of some other kind. Yeah. Like this was 
a species, a whole other species. So yeah. since 2003, they've done science on it and, you know, have carbon dated it and, and all these things and found that it's a separate species from humans, which is... Yeah, different from homo, homo sapiens. Yeah. Yes. And um, it's called Homo floresiensis, okay. um, which is named after the island that it was found in, gotcha. um, which is Flores yeah. Island in Indonesia, along with like these these bones that they found. Um, they also found tools that were of the appropriate size for them to use. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. like, so you're like, like, they they didn't just exist and they weren't, like, which... Like, ostracized from their own society. It's like, no, this was their society. Yeah, yeah. And, um, like, they weren't... Uh, uh, initially, I guess there was a lot of argument over, like, oh, they must be um, another, like, race of chimpanzees or whatever. But the fact mm-hmm. that they used tools and they were very similar to Homo sapiens tools... Right. Um, or Homo erectus tools, I mean, gave indications that they are closer related to Homo sapiens than they are, like, they're closer related to humans than they are to chimpanzees. Right. Um, right. Yeah. DNA and testing and stuff have indicated that, like, where humans, like, there was Homo erectus and then there was one more and then Homo sapiens came yeah. in. Yes. For this race, the Homo floresiensis, it was, like, Homo erectus and then them. Okay. So, All right. like, like it split off into two and then we came from one and they were the other. Yeah. So, the only difference between, other than size, between them and us is, like, they had uh, different shapes of teeth, similar to ours, but different. Right. Uh, like, one of the bones in their shoulders that, like, allows us to, like, shrug and move our arms and stuff mm-hmm. was a little bit shorter, so they had less movement than we do. Okay. But that makes sense as far as, like, evolution goes that we would get better at it. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, they also didn't have chins. Which I don't know where that comes from, but Weird. That, that they didn't have chins. That that actually is really interesting because, like, I know I'm reading a lot about Homo erectus to Homo sapien, mm-hmm. um, and there were it's it's my understanding because I know like Neanderthals are like a completely like, they're not Homo sapien. Yeah, like we killed them or interbred with them enough that they were no longer they were no longer their own species. Like we either co-opted all of it or or killed the rest of them off kind of thing yeah um but like through our history our our biological history we used to have very strong jaws which would Mm -hmm. suggest that we would have prominent chins because of like the more you cook food the easier it is to chew Mm -hmm. so the less so the opposite's also true the less you cook food the harder it is to chew, so we needed those big old strong jaws mm-hmm. because we were eat- we were meat eaters as well. I yeah, mean, we just weren't eat just it raw. Yeah, I mean, like it's one thing to like chew on a potato for a while; it's another to try to like chew into like goat. Mm-hmm. You know, like this really tough heart. So we have like huge jaws. So the fact that they didn't have chins, yeah, That's a, yeah, that they is were interesting. more of a fruit then, like like because well, a lot and of it, it says that their teeth were sharper than like ours yeah so i don't know that is that is interesting though you have to cut through the rind of fruit maybe yeah that would because, make sense because meat sense. is easy to bite into it's just hard to chew yeah that's why you need the big heavy the molars and stuff. they did yeah. i did read a thing that said that they it indicated they had early versions of molars yeah or whatever yeah i just find it interesting because like you you can then figure out like some of the culture and like how they adapted based literally on like what kind of teeth they had Mm -hmm. what did they what were you know like what like it's like you're kind of your first tool is the body that you're stuck in Mm -hmm. and so you're like okay if this you're literally your first tool then what kind of what kind of stuff do you do what kind of stuff do you need to be able to live your life this is the you know this is the body you're stuck in i dig that i dig that and i'm not a huge science person so when i was like looking up all this stuff 
I was kind of I had I had to go from a, a couple of different um, articles that like just slowly mm. dumbed it down more and more for me because <laughs> I don't do science. Some of the academic articles, I'm like, okay, I read good academic articles that are easy to read with just a little bit of like googling. What does this long word mean? Yeah, and then I read some academic articles and I'm like, you are purposely gatekeeping information. Yeah. Yeah. You want only people who study your particular degree to know this. Like, screw you. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, like, make it easy to understand. The first rule of creative writing <laughs> is to make sure that everybody can read it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I just, before, before we got into the um, mythological side of it, I did want to bring up that even, like, as recently as 2014, they're finding the remains of these creatures um, of this whole other, like, humanoid species mm-hmm. um, that existed as early as 700,000 years ago and as yeah. recently as, like, maybe 50,000 years ago. Um, so, like, because I know we're going to discuss things, like, uh, that the indigenous people of the Americas had little people in yes. their mythologies. And then, like, freaking uh, uh, Japan, um, Japan, obviously Ireland and Wales. Yes, yeah. yeah. So like for, I don't, okay, just to kind of backtrack and, and change the subject a little bit. Um, there's a theory that the reason that dragons exist over so many cultures is because people would like go digging and they would find like dinosaur bones and they're like, what the fuck is this? It must be a dra-. like you That'd know be a dragon. Yeah. Obviously. So if like there are species out there that were about three feet tall and then all these old mythology things are saying that like they have creatures in their in their lore that's about three feet tall yeah. like it kind of i think i don't know i think it's interesting and and yeah i'm ex- i'm excited to find out what all you learned because like, we haven't really discussed it before we started recording right yeah we, so. we did a quick like i found stuff on japan yeah so do you do you want to go since I, I kind of started with the sure. I mean actually yeah like I mean speak I, I brought up Japan a couple of times um I, I do want to say like we'll go a little bit into Ireland and Wales um but that's what like everybody I say everybody I know there's gonna be somebody who 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 listens and be like I don't know anything about Irish fairies and I'm like okay yeah I can direct it to like eight different movies <laughs> you right. know like it's it's the one that like Hollywood takes out it's the mm-hmm. one that like American culture for sure be like oh fairies yeah, Ireland, this. They can even name off a few. Like, you know, we'll, we'll get to them later. But I want to talk about, um, like, Japanese fairies. Obviously, they don't call them fairies in Japan. Um, they're yosei. But they're, they're basically fairies or some type of spirit. A lot of, like, there's old folk beliefs from, like, the Owate prefecture that they could bring the dead back to life. There's the, the people of Mount um, uh, Hodai. They're, like, they're small fairies. So, again, small. Mm-hmm. Um that like but it said that they have like no knowledge of great evil so their hearts never grow old which is kind of like a maybe they don't grow old kind of thing okay to totally interrupt because that's just like so crazy weirdly coincidental a lot of what i looked up was like cherokee because that's that's what i've been learning and Uh stuff but i also found a lot on like um the the crow uh peoples which are from Mm -hmm. the americas for those that don't know that was a, a really common thing was that, like they were so in touch with nature and they so didn't have like a grasp of like, yeah. I guess like doing evils in the world uh, yeah. and things that like they lived longer and they mm-hmm. were more youthful and like, so that's, yeah. that's just so just, okay. I'm just yeah. like, I'm like, like 
I mean, I, I will say that that's that's an i that's an idea that's um really heavily prominent in Shintoism mm-hmm. is that like the more pure you are, the closer to the divine you become. I mean, like, that's 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 like a blanket statement that you can apply to almost any religion. But because Shintoism is so. Uh, like nature and balance based. I mean, it's an animist religion, so mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of common similarities with, with a lot of other animist religions too. Mm-hmm. But they're they're into balance and nature. That's a part of it. And so having like the whole like almost the example mm-hmm. of the this is what you could be or like these are these nature or these these spirits are perfectly in balance with nature. Look, they never grow old. I mean, it's very like it's Studio Ghibli. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like like watch Studio Ghibli, you get an idea of like these these are the 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 fairies, um and and other like nature spirits. Um, the uh speaking of like small people again, the Ainu, which are indigenous Japanese people, mm-hmm. um, they live up in uh, around the Hokkaido region now. That's uh, like northern Japan, that's right? No, like very very northern Japan. Okay. Yeah. Um, they tell of a race, uh, or like their, their stories and stuff, tell of a race of people known as the Kodopakuru. And unfortunately, that was like the most I could get off of that. I know research is weird. No, no, I, I say weird. It's weird for an English speaker because a lot of times we'll get like bits and pieces and they'll be like, if you click on a link or you check out a book to go further, it's literally in Japanese. So you're like, great, I have to know Japanese now. <laughs> I have to read right. this. So right. like the information's there. It's just not accessible to me because it's not translated. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, that's as far as I got on that one. I'm working on learning Japanese <laughs> literally basically for this. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, and then there, there's like, there's tree spirits from like Okinawa. A lot of my research into into fairies of other mm-hmm. cultures, not just like like Irish fairies, very heavily connected with nature, which, which is actually probably, I mean, you can say that's true of Irish fairies as well. Yeah, I mean, like that's nature spirits. Very, very true of the indigenous ones that I researched. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of stay in that general same area, I did find a small little thing on like Maori mythology uh-huh. which is for those that don't know uh new zealand which is just south of australia australia is just south of indonesia indonesia is just south of asia yeah so the maori tell of a race called the patupaya rehe or something which were just spiritual beings um they lived deep in forests or in mountains um however uh, unlike the japanese uh, little people. The Maori ones um, are very hostile and they'll rape and murder women mm-hmm. and uh, lure them into their, their little circles with like ethereal flute music and singing. Okay. Um, another... Sounds very, like very Irish fairy. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, a, uh, another word for them is pake hakeha, uh-huh. which might be uh, the origin for the word pakeha, which is what they called Europeans when they came in to colonize. So I thought that that was kind of funny too. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, seems really mm-hmm. that tracks. <laughs> also, that they tracks. were they were told to have red hair. So okay. another like Irish thing. Like right. I know leprechauns like have red hair. Yeah. Well, so I, that's, oh, so I'm, I'm gonna jump to something. So like Welsh fairies, um, which mm-hmm. also has like I mean it's just Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of similarities with Irish fairies. Um, so but I did I did find something that I'd never known before, but well. I never known before, but it also could be like I never really paid attention to it until now. Mm-hmm. But in especially Welsh folklore, fairies could be distinguished based on the clothing that they wore. Mm-hmm. Like the good or not the quote unquote good fairies, the ones that are least likely to like murder you, um, wore green jackets. Like they'll still 
they, they, they were very careful to say, like, they're probably still mischievous and malicious. And I'm right. like, Wales has got some fucked up people living there. <laughs> um, but, like, for sure the mean ones wore red or sometimes brown jackets. And they specifically looped uh, leprechauns into that grouping. Mm-hmm. Red jackets. Because I'm, like, I'm, you know, dumb American girl where I'm just like, leprechauns are green. They yeah. give me gold. Right. Okay. <laughs> living on rainbows. <laughs> right. But they were like, okay, the elves, like, like the, the she, like, or, the, or, no, they live in she, but, like, the, the seelie and stuff. I mean, that's that's more of an Irish term. Um, Like, the elves and stuff, they live at, like, they wear green and they're into dancing and, mm-hmm. like, more of the social, like, like, structured civilizations while as the solitary fairies the banshee the leprechaun stuff like that they were red yeah um and i was like cool so they color coded based on their ability to like fuck a human up all right you know <laughs> I mean, it is what seems, it is i'm just I'm a little skeptical because <laughs> i'm like the first thing i would do if i wanted to, if i was absolutely dead set on fucking up a human i'd be like what are they gonna trust exactly got my green coat on <laughs> we're ready for some murder <laughs> that would just you be know. me <laughs> You know, I mean, whatever. I'm I'm a fairy. Like, I guess this is how I spend my Saturday night. <laughs> I mean, humans do worse things. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. Exactly. Uh, to 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 go back to Asia for a second, I I found this story um of, of in China. I don't speak Chinese. Um, again, I apologize. The Tian Xiangpei, which is the fairy couple story. I think. And I'm probably totally wrong because I'm sure you know more about Asian languages than I do. But I feel like the X in China is more of a J sound I think, than yeah. a shay. Okay. But I might be totally wrong. Well, I know like <laughs> X-I-E is xie xie. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Okay. So that's kind of what I was okay. going. But also, they don't have X's. <laughs> they, yeah. they they have their own characters <laughs> that, yeah. that's closer to like pictographs. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, this also could just be really bad romanization. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hooray. English. Um, and, Anyway, this is a fairy couple story, which there's several adaptations. There's lots of Chinese movies mm-hmm. that they, they do this story. But I was I was reading it. And I was like, this seems really similar to some of the stuff I read in Irish folklore. So it was really interesting. Yeah. Um, real, real quick rundown of it is basically like the seven fairy daughters of the Jade Emperor, who I assume is the fairy, like the king of the fairies. Um, they travel to the mortal world. The youngest one, um, she like loses or she she travels to the mortal world because she's in search of her lost weaving equipment and specifically her coat of feathers, which allows her to fly. Which... This sounds super familiar. Yeah, well, I was the coat of feathers. That sounds like Freya's cloak, raven cloak, that allows her to fly. Okay. That Loki constantly borrows. But and now here's where the Irish thing comes in, because it also could be a very Irish thing, too. Mm-hmm. In some variations, a young laborer, Dong Yong. Mm-hmm. Which I feel sounds like a lot like Don Juan. I know, Don I, thought, Juan. I know it's completely coincidental, but I was like, "This Don Juan over here." <laughs> um, but Don Yang, it, he either finds it or he was the one who stole it in the first place. Mm-hmm. 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 Has the cloak and the weaving equipment, so she tracks it down to him, and then he basically kind of holds it hostage so he can continue flirting with her. Oh. So like, oh, that kind of sounds like a selkie yeah. to me, yeah. um, right? Dang. Okay, and and I'm like, what? And so like, they eventually fall in love. Like, she just legit fall in love with him. Like, mm-hmm. she like his boy kind of works, like a little skeevy, but it kind of works, right? She right. legit falls in love with him. Um, but he's an indentured servant. Like, he had to sell uh, his soul. Like, not yeah. really, but like he he sold his labor 
um, to pay off his father's funeral. And he was going to be stuck there for God knows how many years. Mm -hmm. So, like, obviously his newfound, like, fairy princess is like, well, fuck this noise. And so she, along with her sisters, are able to uh, make, like, ten pieces of basically, like, super awesome cloth Mm -hmm. with the weaving equipment that basically gets his, uh, like, his servitude down to just, like, 100 days. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was, like, right around then, they're like, whoa, well, finally we can get married, ha ha, when, of course, like, Daddy Kins is like, nope, Mm -hmm. you gotta come home now. So, like, ah, so it's really sad. But once a year, they can reunite on this, what's called, like, the seventh evening, Mm -hmm. all caps, which, uh, which is, like, I'm gonna butcher this. It's Q-I-X-I is how, like, where the romanization spells it. Kiki? Kiji, maybe? Something like that. The the festival. Um, they actually, we, we hold a festival, or China holds a festival um, for it on the day oh that they god. can reunite. Oh which, my god, that's so cute! Which is like also very Irish folklore. Like if if you had, if you had just said like, here's a fairy princess and he meets, a, and then she meets a mm-hmm. laborer and then I'd be like, oh yeah, that's like a Selkie kind of thing mm-hmm. from, and I'd be like, nope, it's from China. They came up, I mean, this this is something they've it's been so celebrating cute. for like a couple thousand years. Yeah. Like, I like, love that. That's so cute. So I'm like, it's, it's like the, it's the, the same ideas that are like yeah. very universal. Hey guys, this is Eris. I'm cutting in here for our normally scheduled commercial break. Once again, I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, if you've listened to these episodes, you know who they are. Pack Mule Photography in Kuwaita, Oklahoma has been with us since the start. They're great. They do uh, personal and personnel photography. You can uh, visit their website at packmulephotography.com. Also, thank you, Mac Boyle, uh, for producing this show and giving us valuable advice. We just, like, you're the best. I I, I can't thank you enough. Like, you're just, you're the best and we love you. (laughs) Today's random fact of the day is brought to you by Z. Hey, guys. Okay. So, while Bill France Sr. founded the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing on February 21st, 1948, NASCAR spectators actually have prohibition and bootleggers to thank for one of America's favorite pastimes. Uh, Illegal distilleries needed drivers, aka runners, to smuggle moonshine across the counties in the dead of night and under the noses of any cops in the area. Runners uh, would modify their cars with heavy-duty shocks and springs and to hold large quantities of hooch without braking. Uh, And then they became talented in driving in the dark without headlights, outmaneuvering cops, and in their spare time, each other. Uh, When Prohibition ended, friendly races for bragging rights remained and became even more commonplace in the light of day. Neat. Now back to the episode. Woo! Okay, so a thing that I really love and a thing that I have been like so looking forward to since we started this podcast was being able to look up these little, little things like, oh, we're looking up little people, which is uh, much more specific than just like generalized like Irish lore. Right. You know, and finding how it connects all the way across the world, like through all like, and it's kind of one of those things where like, okay, you hear about a race of little people in New Zealand. And then you hear about a race of little people in the Americas along like, you know, like the Washington and California border in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of be like, okay, well, maybe they just happened to 
sail across this ocean and they made it because it's a huge fucking ocean. Yeah. And, like, they and transfer catch, these stories. And you catch but, the like, current at the right time and it's, like, two weeks. <laughs> but, like, how do you explain thousands and thousands of, of years of stories taking place, like, in China, which is landlocked, and then all the way over... Okay, China's not landlocked. That's a lie. But, um, because geography... There's a lot of, there's but, a lot of mainland China, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like... Um, bringing it over to talk about, like, little people, um, in the Crow tribal nations, uh-huh. which is in landlocked, um, America, in, in, like, near, like, the Wyoming and Montana area. Uh-huh. Like, you can't get any closer to, the, like, you can't get any further from the ocean right, than there. Right. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you explain that? Tell me! <laughs> <laughs> My brain is going, like, easy. None of it's coincidence. It's all real. It's all real. Oh, like, oh, I just, oh, okay. I'm just so excited about like, the potatoes outside your door. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, it's just so exciting. Okay. I'm a nerd. Okay. Um, <laughs> so since I keep talking about little people in the Native Americas, that is yeah. mostly what I looked up. So. And I'm excited to hear it. So. I'm, I'm super excited. Okay. So growing up Cherokee and like hearing um, tales and stuff. Um, even just like talking to other indigenous people, I always heard like, they were like, oh, you can't say little people's like native names at night. Like you can't whistle at night. Don't answer it. Somebody calling your name. And I had heard similar things, but I'd also always heard that like they were more kinder than people seemed to say, or like, like that's mm. what I would hear from my family. And so while I was doing this research, I, I came across a thing that like just kind of explained a lot, which I feel like I shouldn't have had to like come across. It should have been common sense, but it wasn't for me because I'm a dunce, but you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so in Cherokee, uh, the little people are called Yonwe Chusti. Uh, which is like the plural and then like singular is Yomi Osti. And, and we're they, okay saying that. Yes, okay. because Cherokee. Um, <laughs> but they are a lot more benevolent and friendly toward Cherokee than they are most other people. Like me. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> like, like you don't say that. Don't, don't say that. No, I won't. <laughs> I won't. No, I'm, I'm fine with dealing with my own trolls. Yeah. I'm Scandinavian. <laughs> and, uh, you know. We got our own things on our own plates. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to go poke it in places that I'm not wanted nor need to be. Yeah, you know. <laughs> like, I'm good. I love to learn about it. And after that, I'm like, I know when not to poke a sleeping bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, most indigenous people <clears throat> believe, like, you can't say their name at night. Like, that's just inviting them in. They they do. They do tend to be extremely mischievous, even for the Cherokee peoples. But they are more, um, they favor Cherokee more than other people. But they're small humanoid, like, nature spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're child-sized, but not, like children like they're grown grown adults right so they're like around like, you know three feet three feet away, yeah. yeah uh they are very they usually appear invisible but sometimes they'll materialize for you mm-hmm. know the sake of talking to people they are often punishers um if somebody's mean or like i know a couple of tales i saw that translated over several tribes was that like if a parent is abusing a child or they just like leave them out in the wilderness like mm-hmm. the little people will come and take them with them Okay. And you don't ever see them again, but... Sounds <laughs> vaguely similar to Irish folklore, right? I'm just saying. Um, they can be shapeshifters. They, in, in Cherokee lore, they guide the lost home. Uh, they punish mean people. Uh, they teach kids about nature and medicine. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons that, like, they favored the Cherokee is because in, initially before colonization, the Cherokee lived along the um, southeastern side of the U.S., 
Um, okay. So lots of mountains, lots of forests, sometimes swampy areas, very much the same areas that the little people were believed to live in. So it was almost gotcha. like we like lived alongside one another. Like not like, right. oh, they're over in that mountain. Don't talk to them. Like we right. were up in that shit the, with you, them. You were neighbors. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that might be why we believe that they favor us more than other tribes believe they favor mm-hmm. them, if that makes sense. No, that, yeah. Yeah. Like um, you get to know your neighbors better than you get yeah. to know the people who live in the next town over. Exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, you've heard of the people in the next town over, but yeah, you're not really up with it when, you know, they knock on your door at eight o'clock at night asking for a cup of sugar. Exactly. You know, that kind of thing. You're like, oh, no, that's Bob. He's cool. Like, it's yeah. fine. He's like, he's, he sucks at grocery shopping. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so it happens. That's why he's over here again. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. He'll pay me back. <laughs> In um, other tribes that have little people legends are like the Aztec. So even as, as like far south as like Mexico yeah. and South American yeah. areas, uh, the Yupik, Inuit, Iroquois, which the Cherokee language is an Iroquoian language. So that's kind of like saying the same thing. But oh. um, Cree, Anishinaabe, who are also known as Ojibwe. I think that's like their oh. American Gotcha. Or, you know, their English, their anglicized the, name. That's the, the one I've heard before, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shoshone, Crow, Wampanoag, Catawba, Lakota, um, also known as the Sioux, Choctaw, and Comanche. Oh, yeah. And, like, we had these legends before the Europeans arrived. Like, yeah. In fact, like, we told Lewis and Clark about this stuff. There's an area in, in like, the South Dakota and, like, Yellowstone, mm-hmm. like, River Valley, kind of like the, that whole area. There was this mound called Spirit Mound, which was believed to be like the home of the little people. And mm-hmm. like, like you can read Lewis and Clark's journals. And like, I think it was Lewis wrote about it on August 25th, 1804, that he described how they had to leave offerings for the little people who would like throw spears and or shoot bows with like poisoned arrows and they had like eight they were 18 inches tall at the most and they had like 18 inch size heads and were like very hostile toward the crow uh-huh. people who were the ones that were like in that area yeah and that these these little people were evil but they also like bestowed great wisdom so it was a very like odd relationship that they had mm-hmm. with the natives and that they were like they had rounded bellies and uh, like little to no neck and had really short arms and legs and they ate meat, had like all, like their, all of their teeth were canine teeth, which huh. I thought was like super interesting. Cause when I read about the, the bodies that they found in Indonesia, they had sharper teeth right. than like we do. So connection. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those were some, some others that I, mm-hmm. I found. There's also the Pedro Mountains mummy. Mm-hmm. Which um, was found in South Central Wyoming in the fall of 1932. There were two dudes, uh, Cecil Maine and Frank Carr, and there had been like this vein of gold that people had been working on, and it had pretty much gone like like empty at this point. At a certain point, there's no find all the gold. Yeah, but they were like (laughs) you ever played Minecraft? Sometimes it just happens. Exactly. And um, so they were, like, working this old vein, and they were just, like, bound and determined they were going to find more gold. And they'd been digging and digging and digging and digging and only hit rock. So finally, they got out some dynamite and blew a hole in the side of the mountain. When all the dust settled, they found this chamber, like, this cave chamber, which was, like, 15 feet long and 4 feet high. Um, And inside, like, sitting cross-legged was, like, a a pygmy person, Mm -hmm. mummy. It was about six and a half inches tall, like how it was sitting and it's estimated to be about 14 inches standing but huh. it it had like 
its skin was brown and wrinkled, had a flat nose, heavy lidded eyes, a flat low forehead, wide mouth, thin lips. But it was like so well preserved that when, when they found it, there was like this like squishy liquidy substance on its on the top of its head and it looked like its head had been smashed in it was oh. so well preserved that its brains were still mushy wow yeah and it like it hadn't been touched there was no way in or out of the cave or anything like that wow. they could find so at first like when they when they found this and they took it to to be examined everybody was like oh it's a hoax it's got to be like a weird taxidermy thing like mushed right, together right, yeah also also its teeth were like super pointy so there's that again right, it was all canines yeah. but so it was examined and found to be like nope that's real and the person was estimated to be about 65 years old wow but there's also like disputes over where it was authenticated because there are some sources say that it was like the anthropology department of harvard which claimed that it's the 65 year old man but there's also some sources that say that it was authenticated in the University of Wyoming, which say that it was actually um, a dead child with anencephaly, which is where, like, in your utero, within, like, the first 30 days of being pregnant, like, the brain and the skull don't form. And oh. um, so there's only, like, parts of the brain that form. And, like, usually children that are born with this, like, they don't feel pain. They're blind. They're deaf. Like, they just right. kind of Like, the nervous system move. never really yeah. develops, basically. Yeah. Um, and they don't usually live for very long. Shortly after it was discovered and authenticated, it was like displayed in um, like roadside shows, and then yeah. it was like passed around and bought. Because of course we did. Of course we did. Um, but it was like always believed to be bad luck, and like every time somebody bought it, like they would die within like a set amount of years, and then it would get bought <laughs> yes. again, and like they would die, and then yes. they just kept getting passed on. And so it got lost in the 1980s when the last. See, new I'm just known... saying, your actions have consequences. Exactly. Exactly. So when the last known owner died in the 1980s, it disappeared and nobody knows where it is anymore. So, you know, there's that. It finally uh, was able to have proper funeral rites. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm saying it's yeah. it's people took it back and was just like, no, I we, hope will, so. like, we will finally lay, yeah. lay him to rest. And those because I'm just saying that's what I would do. Yeah. Like if I found out that my ancestor was like being used as some type of like variety show attraction, I yeah. would be like, I think, that. I think I'm going to go rob, those, rob some people. Yeah. You know, maybe steal my ancestor back and like perform proper funeral rites. Exactly. That's exactly. what I would do. <laughs> like, so. no, <laughs> you can't do that. No. Yeah. It's my Uncle Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I hope where wherever he is. He's doing all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But Cecil and Frank, who were the guys that found him, mm -hmm. they never found gold. So fuck you guys. Yeah. Take, take that, Cecil and Frank. Um, there's actually a sign in that area that you can go to where the cave still stands. And, like, you can, huh. you can see where the mummy was found. Either way, it wasn't a hoax. It really was a mummy that had been, had been preserved. Mm -hmm. Whether it was a 65-year-old man or whether it was a child with this brain deformity... Right. That's disputed. There's actually still like, and it was the it was found in the areas where the the native people believed that um, the the little people lived. Gotcha. So it's kind of one of those things like it, it really matches. It tracks up that with, way. Yeah, yeah. It, it tracks. Um, and like still to this day, the native people of that area will like leave offerings for the little people. Yeah. So it's not just one of those things like, oh, once upon a time we believed in yeah. fairies, like like the way that we were talking about in our trolls episode. Like there are still people that live leave out like 
like offerings yeah. on their front porch. Like there's still people like that like, when they yeah. go to pass through the area, they leave offerings. Yeah, and these are not and like I mean like we were discussing like it's not like especially white people and especially white academia wants mm-hmm. to assign like oh it's just backwards people who do that people who haven't been civilized like no people in Norway a highly educated yeah. very educated country. Yes. Still leave bowls of porridge out on their doorsteps to invite the little people to come and stay and make their crops grow. Like, it's a thing that happens literally today. Yeah. I did want to talk about, like, like, like Z had said before, it also struck me how similar things were when we were researching fairies, how universal some of the ideas were. And they weren't necessarily ideas that were like, love stories are all universal because it's like a part of human nature. Like, Mm -hmm. not not, not like that universality. In in Africa, but West Africa particularly, there is a creature, a a race of of sentient beings. You know, they they, they have language, they speak with humans, etc. The Aziza, they're a race of winged beings with wings that resemble an insect. They're frequently very tiny, several inches tall. They glow. They have either a magic or just like a a knowledge that almost seems magical. They're basically pixies. Mm -hmm. They they are described every single regard. They look exactly like Disney's Tinkerbell. Yeah. Like except I mean except that they're West African. Like so So black, not white, and right? Yeah, yeah. But like and and also in dress and culture. Yeah. Like they 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 know the 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 food and stuff like that, and they know like and um. But they're they're known to teach humans how to use fire. Uh, how to use better hunting techniques so they can get like more food for their for their villages and for their families. Yes. Um that I but like they, they're tiny. They have butterfly wings or dragonfly wings mm-hmm. or like insect wings. They're oftentimes very beautiful. They literally glow mm. like in the night like fireflies. That you know, and so, I'm like uh, okay. that's like straight up Pixie slash Tinkerbell and yeah. it's the Aziza and it's like these stories Cultural have been told like I'm just gonna put it this way, these these stories have been told well before your came yeah. to be like, the fuck are you guys here and doing? Yeah. You know, like these were old, old, old stories. And they're like, yeah, of course, this is our neighbors. They're tiny. They're like three inches tall and they have butterfly wings. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So taught me how to make a fire. <laughs> so I have I kind of have this 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 thought. So like like I touched on Cherokee, we believe that like they taught children about the the fundamentals of nature and Mm -hmm. like certain medicines and stuff and then the aziza taught their indigenous people about how to do fire and 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 things like that but like the irish were like nah man they must be up to something and i just i think (laughs) i think that just kind of is telling of the of like the nature's like (laughs) i mean because like i just i don't know (laughs) no I, i i i hear what you're putting down you, you smelling when I'm stepping in? I'm, I'm smelling what you're stepping in, and you're <laughs> probably right. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just going to throw it out there. Like, most Europeans for a long time, historically, historically, not been great neighbors. I mean... <laughs> to themselves, yeah. to each other, to any other country. Yeah. Continent, like, anybody. They've just not just, been great neighbors. We have, as er, like as as late as, you know, early 1900s, an entire poem about how hey, maybe fences might make better neighbors. And I'm like, we are still trying to learn this concept. Yeah. We have fucking poetry about how to be better people to other people. We still haven't yeah. quite got that concept down. And you it's know. sad. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. 
I mean, I guess before we close out, because we're kind of running over, I just, I mean, were you? I'm done. Okay. okay. So I wanted to just kind of give you guys a couple ideas of examples of other little people um, and the names that they have around the world. There's mm. fairies, brownies, the domovoi, kobolds, mm. dwarves, gnomes, goblins, gremlins, leprechauns, pixies, pygmies, trolls. trolls. Um, and then in, in fiction, there's also halflings and hobbits. Yeah. Um, and, and those are mostly the, the Westerners. I mean, I heard a couple of Russian and Eastern European yeah. ones in there. Um, I mean, the Yosei um, mm-hmm. in Japan. I did not find a particular name that the Chinese called like their spirits, mostly because a lot of my things were sending me back to like Chinese sites. And right. I was like, I'm having a really hard time reading this. But but yeah, like the I knew people got better luck with that than I do if we speak Japanese. Like, oh man, that'd be great. With the, right. The Kodo Pakudu. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys know of any other little people mythologies or from any other cultures, or if we touched on a culture that you even know more about, like hit us up on social media, let us know what you've got that we don't have. Um, and then maybe we can uh, like reference it in a Patreon or something. Yeah. Or um, we'll probably be, we'll probably be coming back to fairy. Yeah. Later anyway. Like, we, we can talk about more about fairy. Like, this was like, here's the summary of a broad overview of yeah. here's the fairy of the world. And, like, we can literally pick any any single one of them and go, like, okay, this is how it's structured in society. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. No, and plus, like, I just want to hear from you guys. If you know about more on any different type yeah. of fairy, like, I'm like, yes, I am all about, like, literally the fairy tales. Yes. Give it to me. Yes. <laughs> or if you guys have, like, like a story or something about, like, a time that you thought you saw a little person or, like, just fucking whatever. Like, you thought you saw a vampire or a werewolf or a ghost or some shit. Like, oh, let shit. us know. Because I would love to, like, collaborate with y'all and see what you guys got. I'll just have to tell you the time that um, I had Pixies help my friend find her $200 necklace. Boosh! Yeah. Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Catch you next time. Bye! Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like, 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 like. And subscribe to As The Myth Turns on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. And visit us on patreon.com slash ATMT. Transcripts for this episode can be found at our WordPress site, asthemythterms.wordpress.com. Our theme song is called Fretless by Kevin McLeod. You can find this song and all his others at incompetech.com.